Hi, this is Kim Rhodes, and you're listening to the FSF Podcast. The show that encouraged the Daleks to become the murder bots they are just by not giving them a Snickers. Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund, which supports the Wish Upon a Teen Foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most. And just imagine the comfort you'll give Red Shirt Crewman number 146. She'll know that when she puts on the red shirt and joins the sheriff department in their fight against the evil forces in Sioux Falls, that she didn't leave her family destitute and without hope. Because the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund has her back and what's left of her holster. All right, guys, our guest today is an actress that you've gotten to know through her work on The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. You've seen her on Supernatural, Kung Fu, Star Trek Voyager, Another World. There's a whole lot. I mean, her IMDb list is just scattered with a whole lot of shows that you know. And trust me, if you go look at it, it's very impressive. Got an awesome resume. So we are very excited to welcome Kim Rhodes to the FSF podcast today. Welcome to the show, Kim. Thank you for having me. Hi. Did you say Sioux Falls on purpose? Because that's where I was a sheriff. Yes, or- I did. Okay, I was gonna say, ooh, I know, I know, I know somebody who was a sheriff in Sioux Falls. There you go. Yeah. Yep. All right. So Kathleen here is chomping at the bit to be able to ask you some questions, but I'm going first. Uh, okay. And even though she's a fan, I'm going first and being rude and pushing forward. Um, <laughs> and I'm gonna make her wait just a little bit longer while I ask you our first question. And that okay, question sit is over here with my stir fry while you're mean to me. That's right. You'll you'll be okay. Comfort yourself with food. Uh, <laughs> So the question is, how did you get your start in the entertainment world and what keeps you coming back for more? Oh, so a little question. Uh, How did I get my start? (laughs) I went to college and I was going to be an English teacher. And so I took an acting class because I figured that I should be able to amuse students when I stood up in front of them. So that was my that was my start. And uh, at this point, um, health insurance is what keeps me coming back. Fair enough. Okay. So what was it about acting though? And when you took the class, was there something about it when you took the acting class? You're like, oh boy, this might well, actually be more than. So Tim, this is an interesting. So would you like me to answer with knowing what was really going on of me now? Cause this was many, this is when I was 19 and I am currently 53. Sure. So, Um, So either I can answer it with the wisdom of retrospect, or I can tell you what was going on with me in the moment and, and what really like struck me. Either way, the answer is yes. I was going to say, why not both? Um, Well, okay. All right. Well, at the time I really wanted people's approval and I wanted to be heard. And when people have paid money to come to a play they generally will clap for you at some point. It's college play, you gotta get. And they don't tend to make noise when you're acting. So I, I experienced a sense of um, validation that I had not experienced up to that point in my life. I experienced um, a sense of belonging in a community because boy, there's no community like the theater kids. And uh and uh, and I was good at it, and and it was important to me to be good at something. Okay. Um, in retrospect, <laughs> I was an undiagnosed autistic kid who had super big feelings that were not socially acceptable, and a lot of anxiety around how people were going to respond to me. So the fact that I was already an expert masker. Um, 
I could go into this arena, have big, big feelings. Nobody t would tell me I was bad and wrong or unacceptable for having these big feelings. And I would know what they were going to say in response because it was in the script. Okay. So it was, it was really um, perfect for my neurotype, even though I wasn't aware of it. That, um, that, and that's what I did as, as, as like this poor little undiagnosed creature trying to make her way through is I, I studied human behavior and how do humans human and how do I replicate humans? So it was very easy for me to replicate different types of humaning for a character because that's kind of how I was living my life. That's interesting. It was almost like a sociology experiment. Yeah. I mean, and people would all the time be like, Oh, you're an actor. How do I know you're not acting right now? And I was always like, isn't, isn't everybody? everybody? Isn't, that, isn't that, aren't we all, isn't that, isn't, isn't that, that what we do? How we do? Isn't that how we do? <laughs> no, not necessarily. Interesting. Well, that's a very cool answer, uh, especially having the ability to look at things in retrospect and understand who you are now and where you were at then, and, you know, and the journey in between the two, I think is kind of an, uh, an interesting perspective. But I'm not sure that a lot of people have, uh, even if it's something similar has happened with them. Yeah, it's it is not elegant to say I wanted to be an actor because I wanted people to clap for me. But I honestly don't know a lot of actors that that doesn't factor in on some level. Right. Like, oh, sure. Otherwise, you'd just be performing in your bathroom by yourself. Fair enough. I mean, yeah. There has to be the the give and take with the audience. There has to be the the praise and the reward for what you're doing. So anybody who tries to say that the, the audience doesn't matter is lying. Yeah, I, th I think so. I only have my own experience to go from, but, um, but yeah, the idea of I could do a thing and people would clap for me was a big deal to me. Very cool. I actually understand that a lot. I really do. So as Tim said at the beginning of his question, I am, definitely a fan and have been since sweet life of zach and cody because i loved that show but then i'm like you know there are so many things i want to talk to her about about sweet life and about supernatural and about everything else but i decided i would start with our dear beloved sheriff jody mills okay because she's just amazing and oh, i love jody. her wasn't she? i miss her so much she was so sweet and she has quite the character arc through the series Mm -hmm. From the beginning, being so suspicious of the Winchesters and being the the grieving mom. And that first episode is so hard. And then she ends up becoming the surrogate mom for Sam and Dean. I disagree. You do? I absolutely disagree. I love that. I think that people... It's been my observation that a female relationship with men, mm -hmm. if it is... If no sex is ever involved, it immediately be, is identified as either maternal or sororial. Mm -hmm. um, and because of the age difference, everybody's like, oh, she's, she's, she's a mother figure for them. I don't think they, I think if you ask Sam and Dean, they'd be like, no, she's Jody. She's right. She's that makes with sense. A gun and she knows how to make chicken. Like she's our friend who is Jody. Um, they had a mom. They Mary's the mom. And and I think that to say that Jody was a mother figure undermines the difficulty of being Mary Winchester 
and still trying to be a mother to two boys that she loves so deeply. And the fact is, there were things that came very easily to Jody mm-hmm. that are maternal, but that doesn't make her a mom figure. You know that's, what I mean? That's fair. That's fair. And I, like, I was called up. I was I was called little mom when I was sixteen years old, just because of the way I took care of my mm-hmm. friends. So that didn't make me a mother figure. It made me have maternal energy. Right. I can see so, that. I can. So that that's, how, that's how I, that's why. So I don't mean to, I, I, um, I didn't mean to, to waylay your question there. No, that's but I totally fine. I want to clarify that I think, I don't think she wasn't, she might be to the audience. The audience might see her that way. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Sam and Dean saw her as a, like, oh, you're the mom I never had. I think they're right. just. You're Jody. Let's go blow some shit up. But I, I guess I, I guess what I was meaning is the she was going to help them take care of themselves when they weren't going to take care of themselves. The, yeah. the number of times that it was the like you said, she makes good chicken. Yeah. And the, she's going to make sure that that. They eat something other than pie. Which I don't understand why you'd have to. But anyway, you I mean, you don't you don't <laughs> like she wasn't she she also wasn't invested in whether or not they did. Right. Just like, ugh, you could have showered before you showed up. Like, that's not, that's not, that's, you know, that's right. not get in there and wash behind your ears right now, young men. It's really, really, <laughs> all <yeah>. right, <laughs> you. So I just, I wondered about what you could tell us about getting to build the character of Jody. how much input you had. And if Sam, or sorry, if Jared and Jensen are as amazing to work with as they seem like they would be. Oh, they are. They are such, inc- that show would not have existed for as long as it did. And the fandom would not be as powerful as it still is if it didn't start at the top with those two. Mm-hmm. Um, they knew how to create an environment on set where everybody did their best because we wanted to, not because we were scared not to. Um, they provided support and camaraderie and humor. Um, they knew the show and loved the show so much that it was impossible to not be invested. So, um, yeah, they are, they are people that I was so grateful to work for. And, you know, I mean, I'm not dead yet, but someday maybe if I end up on a show as a series regular, I certainly learned a lot about how to conduct myself in a way that creates a positive experience for everyone. Um, and as for Jody's arc, no, I didn't, I had, I had, I gave, there were two times that I opened my mouth uh, one was when I was in a scene with Mary and I said something like, if I got my family back and I was like, question, I did get my family back zombies. Then he ate, like I did, like, <laughs> I just want to rephrase this. And, um, Jensen immediately called the executive producer so that we could rewrite that. And then there was another thing in the very last episode that I was like, I'm not buying this at all all can i add da 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 and they're like yes 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 you can that makes <laughs> sense and then they cut it in the edit oh rude yeah well yeah but by that time everybody was like we just got to get this done they really yeah so no i am really i do credit the writers in particular uh robert barons because i think the one episode where jody went from being 
um, plot point to fully realized character was Annie, Alex, Alexis, Anne. Mm -hmm. And that was truly when you saw how this woman was functioning in this world with the awareness of her old life. Yeah. You know, like up to that point, she kind of came back and did a thing and I was there for Bobby and I think, but there was never that awareness of the, the horror right. that put her in this situation and what she was still wearing on her heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can only, I, I noticed that too, when I watched the show with the, that first episode with Jody is like I had already said, incredibly difficult to watch. Like, I love the episode. It's a very well done episode. But what happens to your character's family is horrendous. Yeah. And then, like, I think it was the next time you came back or like the it might have been the second time that Jody came back that I'm like, are we not going to touch on the fact that, yeah. th- that they shot <laughs> your son? Cool now. All right. But we're not we're not going to. We're yeah. going to ignore the fact that your your son was a zombie that was eating your husband? And yeah, well, the, oh, okay, the we're going to... Therapists in Sioux Falls are really good. <laughs> like, we're just going to brush that one under the rug like it didn't happen. Okay, then. But then when, like you said, when it you became a recurring character, not just a plot point, and it was the, oh, there it is. Yeah. Now we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Why not... <laughs> sorry it's a really weird episode tim i was picking up on that i haven't seen it's a really weird episode so uh one of the other things i noticed in doing my research about you kim is that you were credited uh for being in the movie sky high with the character of genie elast but uh that's a a movie that i watched often with my children but i also found that uh much of your on-camera time was relegated to deleted scenes unfortunately i literally don't remember doing it people ask me about this all the time and i'm like it's got to be a different kim rhodes i don't remember i don't there is just a bit i i don't have it and and this was well before i knew i had to get sober so it wasn't like i was high i wasn't there was (laughs) nothing going on i just have a big hole in my brain where this movie is. You would think I would remember standing next to Wonder Woman, but I, I do not. I do not. I don't remember anything about it at all. Interesting. Okay. Maybe um, they deleted the part of my brain that was attached to those scenes. So it was a twofer. They deleted the scene, deleted, yeah, deleted the memory. That's much more comfortable because, like, if I remembered it and was carrying that around with me, like, oh, that was my, that was my Oscar. It would it would be painful. <laughs> well, the the whole point of me asking uh, about about that was more about the your response to having uh, a scene or something cut from a film. So we can we can transition that into oh. other things because you just well, talked about something getting I, deleted. That so, happens all the time. Let me tell you. Okay, so you generally you generally do about you estimate a minute a page, right? Okay. So the Sweet Life of Zach and Cody was a twenty-something minute production because they had space bumpers at the top and like go away Disney Channel come back. We at one point got a fifty-six page script, and when we because we have to we do all the work for all of it, 
Mm-hmm. And the answer was, so I have something to cut. Oh, that's fantastic. Like, so you're 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 basically asking, say I'm a chef. You're asking me to make a nine course meal for your snack. So you have something to throw away. What? So, so I don't have, I can't, I can't exist in this industry and take it more personally than I do. So if something I've done gets cut, I, I'm like, I get it. I get it. I'm not, I'm usually not the lead of the show. I'm usually not like if it got cut, it probably didn't get cut because it was bad. It got cut because they were like, move it along. Let's get back to the cute blonde boys. Um, <laughs> no. So, uh, so I, I don't, I don't take it too personally. Um, but that was a little hard to hear where I was like, the purpose of the work I'm doing is specifically so you can throw something in the garbage. That, that would bug me. Yeah. yeah that, but that was, but that was the only time ever that I've been a little like, why'd you cut that? There've been things where I was like, that was funny. That was good. That, nah, I get it. Understood. And I, and I think that, you know, for, for moving the plot point or, or character development, there's some things that have to be cut because this maybe doesn't sync up, you know, this doesn't sync up with this, or, you know, there's something that doesn't jive there. And so it makes sense to have things cut, but, but yeah, you answered my question, you know, when things get cut in whole, you know, what's the response and, and I think that project as well. It varies. Like, again, also, when they cut that moment that I begged for in Supernatural and it turned out to be my last episode, I carry that with me. I hold on to that. That's a little ouch. I get that. That I will that I will have and 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 tease the director mercilessly because I'm like, why did you say he's like, it was in my cut. I didn't do it. Somebody else did it. I'm like, sure, Richard, (laughs) sure, Richard. I love it. That's fantastic. So going from what you don't have editing control over to what you do have editing control over, I happen to be a also a fan of probably bad mom advice. Hey! (laughs) You do have complete control over what you do and do not cut on those. And yet I have found none of them to actually be bad advice. Thank you. They've all been fabulous. It's possibly bad mom advice. It's possibly bad. Um, I, I have a number of, so I have learned a lot in my life. And one of the things I've learned is that learning is often uncomfortable and painful because that's how I learn. So a person is hard. I, it is so hard to human. And so I like to share my perspective and experience. I don't ever assume make the assumption that it will benefit other people, but in case it would, I like to offer, here's something I uncomfortably learned. If it saves you the discomfort, yay, we've made the world better. Yeah. So yeah. Possibly bad mom advice. We, we have a pa- podcast, Brianna and I have a podcast um, where we, we also do possibly bad. We just, talk about our experience and how did we get here and how to human um i just think too many people take humaning for granted so anytime you can ease it for a little bit for somebody else Mm -hmm. i I like to i i showed my mother-in-law your 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 math one today and i'm like oh yeah oh my gosh 
completely mind-blowing to me. That was like, my dad. I, my dad was I, a school teacher. My dad taught me that. Oh my gosh. I've watched it like five or six times with the, why didn't my dad teach me that? My dad just like tried to beat them into my head and that didn't work. Yeah. And, the, and, and the, wait, I'm like, wait a second. Five, this 10, 15, works. 20. I can do my fives and anything up above. Yeah. You have to explain it to Tim. Tim looks so lost. And I, I don't know uh, because I would have to review it. So, so if you know, so it's six, it's seven, eight, nine, ten. Yes. So uh, give me a multiplication problem that is fives and above. Like five times. Well, it goes above five. So six times eight. Oh, okay. So oh, seven times nine. Okay. Seven times nine. So we did. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So seven times nine. So what do we do? We do fives. These are tens. So, so 10, 10, 20, 20 30, 30, 40, 40 50, 50, 60, 60. And then three, three times one plus three. So 63. Do you see that? Did that make sense, Tim? I did it and I didn't explain it. So so cool though your hands your fingers have values so your pinky is six seven eight nine ten so okay. six or you said seven so that's this finger seven times nine that's this finger you touch them together so the two fingers and everything below are ten so count by tens ten twenty thirty forty fifty 60. Then do multiplication of the two on top. Three times one and add it. So we have 63. Oh, wow. Isn't it cool? Sometimes okay. not 63. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go home tonight and be like, yeah, look, I'm doing math. And she's I know. I, I know. My dad, my dad showed me that. And <clears> I, and I forget, I need to be reminded of it. But if I were doing math more often, I would remember it. But I'm like, I, I'm going into my daughter's finishing Head Start this year. She's She'll be five in September. And we're planning on homeschooling. And I'm like, I am terrible with math. I am awful with math. I mean, my husband's great with math. But then I saw that and I'm like, wait a minute. It's actually, um, I hate to tell you this, but it's the same mindset that is new math. It's it's like break it into bite-sized chunks. Mm -hmm. The brain can do times 10. We can do that. And then I can do three times one and add that. But six times seven, I have to remember like, we'll go back one as say like, mm -hmm. yeah. My yeah. sevens, seven times eight, I would have to do that or use a calculator. Yeah. That's cool because, you know, like for me, you know, all that was broken into you know with like you know by memorization i didn't have any cool like um you know hand things to be able to do it with you know so uh i didn't understand how numbers worked i was trying to memorize a result mm -hmm. i didn't understand patterns and groupings and things that when when i started teaching my daughter helping my daughter with math with the what is it called the the new way they're teaching math that everybody hates common core common core yeah. i loved it it was like why did no because it's because it's patterns and it's groups and it's and it's like this is it's how numbers actually communicate with each other it isn't 
memorize and spit out an output. Okay. Yeah. No, because, yeah, that was my learning experience in school was memorize and spit out an output. And, yeah. you know, but a- after a little bit of doing that for some time, then I then I kind of caught on to some patterns and, you know, and and the way that the numbers worked with one another. But once they started throwing letters in there, I was screwed. So it didn't matter. <laughs> See, I was the, I mean, I graduated in 2010 and my teachers are like, you're not going to carry a calculator around in your pocket. Yeah. News flash. Yes, we are. Yes. Lion jerks. I also don't need to know what the hypotenuse of a right triangle is because that's not something I'm ever going to need to know. Probably not. And yet, and this was the thing, is when you figure out, it's not about getting the answer. It's about exercising that part of your brain Mm -hmm. that thinks spatially and understanding that numbers have to do with where we live in space and how objects relate to each other and how so you might never need to know a hypotenuse but you absolutely will need to know if that ladder is going to stand up when you Mm -hmm. run against a wall and that it isn't i might not need to know the number but understanding the theory visual aspect yeah so it's Again, I don't think, I think, I think more storytelling needs to be involved with math. Oh, I'd agree with that. Oh, well. Absolutely. And I think too, that a lot of it is the, the lack of focused learning. I think a lot of it is very textbook and we're going to study and we're going to learn for this test. And then we're going to go on to the next thing. We're never going to touch what we just did ever again. Yeah. And for specifically for neurotypical brains, that's not going to work. Why are you teaching me this to then throw it away? Like for neurotypical I, I, brains? I feel like neurodivergent brain. Oh, the neurodivergent brain is having yes. trouble with words. Yes. Yeah, no, the, I feel like neurotypical brains, and this is I, I see people have a much easier time with like, no, the whole point is to pass the test, and then you just toss it out and you keep what you need. Whereas mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't, but. So the test is the point. The the point is the test. Then why do I need to learn it at all? Right. Like I I I graduated from undergrad summa cum laude. Top of my class and did not even buy books my senior year because it was all about figure out what they want to hear and give it back to them so they think that they're the ones who put it in your head. Right. Because because passing the test, like no one ever yeah. said no learning, exploring, expanding. I was busy, like, how do we human? We human, we do good. We pass tests. I get A, all A's then. I <laughs> shall do it. I don't know why people are wasting time memorizing stuff. Like just tell the teacher what they want to hear and you get an A. Fair enough. I love it. Sorry if any of my ex-teachers are listening to this. I loved you all very much. Yeah, they'll get over it. All right. So as many actors do, you have roles all over the spectrum from mom to sheriff to it being an ensign on a starship. There's wildly different ranges and lanes of emotions and acting that you've had to go through. Are there, is there one style or, or type of role that you found it easiest to prepare for? And then conversely, are there, is there one that you've struggled with to get it, be able to get into? Oh yeah. Um, I will say the easiest one for me was definitely Carrie 
because so much of that had to do with my relationship and my own personal sense of humor. Um, also, the writing was good. I enjoy, I, my background is stage. So mm -hmm. having a live audience to play off of was great. The hardest that I've ever done, which also I'm quite proud of, was Linda Barnes on Criminal Minds. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Because she was a person that I personally find to be abhorrent. She oh, sure. was yeah. cold and calculating and unempathetic and power hungry. Mm -hmm. And those are the kind of people that when I <clears throat> see them played by a, somebody, by an actor who's like, I relish the pain I'm causing you. It immediately diminishes their power to me as a viewer. Like I like mm -hmm. to see a bad guy that is scary. Mm -hmm. I like to see a bad guy that knows their right. And so when I got to play Linda Barnes, especially when she moved over to Criminal Minds, um, playing this person that Kim knew was wrong, but who had to believe she was right in order for any level of danger to be present, that was really hard. Also, I believe that a truly powerful person in a warrior position doesn't expend their power. Like Kim, I am like a freaking like my I, I, I'm like I'm like I'm like a, I'm like Fourth of July fireworks. I'm just exploding my energy all over. Okay. And someone who is who lives with the awareness that they are dangerous doesn't expend their power. Like they don't, because they might need it to kill someone. So focus, creating a character who was still, who didn't, and also a lot of what I do is I, I smile to make you comfortable and know that I'm not threatening. I, I check in with you. I did get, and I was like, Linda doesn't care if people are comfortable. Linda doesn't sure. care if people are happy with her. Linda doesn't. And so all of my instinctual responses of like to drop my head and see if you agree with me to smile to again tilting sideways those are all dissipations of energy and so having to consciously drop down in my energy put my head up and just not fill the silence so that they're comfortable was really freaking unnatural for me well sure sounds like it was the, it was complete effective. Opposite of your personality it was type. effective yeah i could see how that would be you know she's not a fun character i don't she's not she's awful right she was all like her i did not like her i was still i still in my in my like secret fantasy days i'm like they should call me and get me back on the new app the new one they need me no that would be great that would be fun i know she's that's a terrible character she was awful she was awful. That's like when I talk to real fans, they're like, you were honestly one of the worst, worse than most of the unsubs. You were horrible. Yep. You know, honestly, I, I feel like, you know, you, you talked about the villain being the, you know, the, the cold calculating instead of being the, the power hungry wielding, you know, the, the ones that are, are meticulous in the way that they go about things. Yeah. Those are the ones that honestly, when I'm watching a movie, those are the ones that a, I find to be more believable as a bad guy and be the ones that actually make me worry because I know that there are people like that in the world. 
Yeah. You know, and I go, oh, okay. So that's, that's a real thing that we could run into in life sometime. Okay. This person's scary. Um, well, and when your good guys have to fight against, <laughs> like when you see your good guys not winning over a goofy bad guy, it mm-hmm. diminishes right. them. And I actually, I checked with Paget, and um, I, I was like, and AJ, Allison, AJ, oh my God, I've forgotten her name. I'm a horrible human being, but it just went back. I checked in with them at any rate and said, am I, should I take it down? And, and everybody across the board was like, no, the, the higher you come up, the higher we get to go mm-hmm. bring it. Because if I'm, if I'm not a threat, then they seem weak by comparison. Agreed. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think too, that like the, the villains that you realize that you're starting to agree with and you have that moment of the, wait a second. No. Yes. I love the first Kingsman mm-hmm. because of that. When he's, when I'm like, Oh yeah, no, like exploding heads makes a lot of sense. Well, I mean, for the good of the planet, we should just blow up a lot of people's heads. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll take one for that team. I think I the one that, that caught things. me, the one that caught me somewhat recently was a rewatch of Supernatural and I was watching Lucifer and I'm like, wait a second. Why am I agreeing with this? Yep. Yep. No. Yep. Evil has mm-hmm. to be attractive or it's not evil. Right. Right. And and it was that moment of the, well, that's a very well-played character. Bingo. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Bingo, bingo. Oh, so on a totally different note, but totally me still being a weird TikTok stalker. Bring it. A little bit. Just a little bit of stalker. I'm a follower. Does that count? It's it's less stalkerish if I'm a follower. Not a stalker it's <laughs> it's it's I'm research. Put it out there. It is research. So you volunteer at an animal rescue. I do. And everybody here at the FSF podcast are huge animal lovers. My husband will try to tell you that he is an animal lover when they are served with a side of potatoes, but he's. I mean, we've also got two cats and a dog and four. He's fish a big tanks. softy. He really is. He really is. So I was wondering what got you into animal rescue and whether or not you currently have any fosters at your house. Oh, no, I don't do. That was one of the agreements that I made with my husband. I don't bring them home. I don't bring my work home. (laughs) Um, I so I about nine years ago started riding horses when I lived up in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And then uh, about a year before COVID, I started teaching at the barn where I was riding mm-hmm. and I was doing like summer camp stuff. And then COVID hit and I was just at the barn. That's the only place like, cause it was outside. We could be there. Um, and so I was, I was teaching riding, I was riding. And so then when we moved, we moved out here in the middle of nowhere. And, um, the only thing I missed were the horses. And I wasn't going to drive three hours just to go pet a horse. Mm-hmm. So this place said, if you bring 10 bucks on a Saturday, you can come do carrot therapy. And, you know, so I, I filled, I said, just in case you need some help, I'll fill out the stuff. She's like, oh, we, we need help. And I got there and it's only volunteers. It's this woman and all of these animals that would be dead otherwise there's like half of them, there's 14 horses at least. 
And then on the other side, there's, oh, I mean, because if you if you know anything about my Twitter, you know I love goats. I love goats them so amazing. much. So many goats, so many goats and pigs and turkeys and chickens and ducks and donkey, donkey and some sheep. Do I have everybody there? And um, <laughs> my, my phone was ringing. Sorry. And uh, and so I just went, and they they needed help. And so I, it makes me feel really good. Gets me outside. I'm learning so much uh, because I've never really been around horses that weren't in a stall or in cross ties or underneath me in a ring. Mm -hmm. And um, now I'm out, you know, I go walking into the field and they come over. They come running at me like, hey, it's you. Oh, Goats do the that. same thing. Um, we've got a bunch of kittens right now that are going to need homes. Uh, we are, I will do a shout out because it, it's called S-T-A-T, Save the Animals Today. Um, we are we're short on rent. And what are we going to do? Right. So if you are feeling like you've got an extra 50 cents in your pocket, they are online, S-T-A-T. Because um, you can't just really pick up a bunch of animals and move them into a smaller apartment. <laughs> no, you can't. So we're doing our best. Sorry for that. I apologize. No apology needed. But yeah. Yeah. So we're, uh, yeah. We're, 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 it's, it's rough. We're out in the middle of nowhere. Right. And it's not, we aren't, we don't live, we aren't wealthy. We don't live in a wealthy environment. There's a lot of need out there right now. So that is the extended dance remix version of why I am there. Because I love they it. Need me and I can't, I can't give them money that I don't have. So I right. get sure. my time. Yeah. What's, what's the name of the group again? S. T-A-T, Save the Animals Today. Okay. Uh, it's, we'll a, a, it's a sanctuary. It is, okay. a, it is a nonprofit. So donations are, are, are tax deductible. I awesome. Believe. We'll make they, sure we put a link down in the show notes below for everybody. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's awesome. Like I that's said, awesome. everybody at the FSF podcast is a huge, huge animal lover. We, we're not going to say no to the animals. That's I'll tell you, I thought I was a huge animal lover until I started working with them. And I had no idea my capacity to love these creatures. Like, chicken. I do like, though, that you said that you made the agreement with your husband to not bring them home. Yeah. To not bring your work home. Yep. Because I, I, I don't think I can do that. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, so far, nobody's, if we, I mean... If we lose, lose the space, like if, if somebody's going to die, if I don't, I, we're going to have to revisit that agreement. Yeah. Understood. Yeah. No, I, I don't think I could be able to keep that agreement either. I'd be like trying to stuff kittens into my like hoodie and be like, I don't know how this one got there. I, I don't guess we know. Got, <laughs> guess we got a new kitty. It just showed up. Right. It's attached to me. I do yeah. have one of the pigs would like to live with me. Oh, One of the pigs loves She's so good. She's so good. She's so good. See, and it's funny is like my husband, my husband always tells me, no, you can't do that. You can't have the, you can't have another cat. You can't have another dog. But he's also the, when 
when we first started dating, he and his mom had a chocolate lab that showed up at their house pregnant. Like somebody had dumped her. Yeah. She just showed up. And then she ended up with a massive uterine infection and could not keep up with feeding her babies. So my husband, who will try to tell you that the cuter the animal, the more delicious it is, was up bottle feeding these puppies every two hours. Yeah, he can tell himself that. That's right. He is such a softie. It's hilarious. And I mean, like we, oh my gosh. So we have, my mom has a cat that my mom lives three hours from us. We were on our way home from my mom's house and we were driving by in front of a hockey arena, big hockey arena. And saw this gray thing in the road. And it was the, is that a squirrel? That's not a squirrel. That's a kitten. My husband slammed on the brakes, popped the car into park, jumped out into traffic to grab this kitten that could fit in his hands, who then bit and scratched him because sure. she was terrified. Terrified, yep. He's got her by her scruff. Doesn't matter, yeah. I'm in the car, grabbing a blanket to wrap this kitten in because i don't know what she's going to be covered in yeah got her swaddled her in his blanket and realized the reason that she was so terrified is her eyes were matted shut oh yeah 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 she had such a terrible upper respiratory infection that her eyes were matted shut like of course she's terrified she's blind we took her to the vet and the vet's like she's like maybe five and a half not even quite six weeks old yet She's like, she is way too little to be out and alone. Somebody and tossed like, her. Somebody tossed, tossed her and her. she didn't die. And I'm like, well, so, um, mom, you have another cat now. Um, I found this for you. <laughs> I come back in prison. Ta-da! Ta-da. Exactly. Three weeks, three weeks of oral antibiotics and eye ointment. I'm like, good That's Lord. what we're doing with all, we have seven. And there are two different litters. One was three weeks when we got it, and one was four weeks when we got it. Oh, my goodness. So we were bottle feeding and antibiotics and ointment, and yes. Yeah, this little kitten, very, I mean, thankfully, she was only bottle fed for one or two days before she figured out how to just drink and lap out of a cup, which was good. And then she got very quickly transitioned into, like, the the kitten slurry. Yep. Because she needed it because the antibiotic was tearing her guts apart. I'm like, oh, little bunny. She's so funny, though. She's almost three. She'll be three this summer. Beautiful gray cat. Like, she she looks like a gray Maine Coon, but her hair is very short. Is that uh, Roxanne? Yes, it is Roxanne. Okay. She also yep. likes to make she, appearances on camera. She does. She's she's sure. going to be in one of our upcoming episodes because she was on my mom's table and deciding to to be a butt here's my butt here's my butt but so she's she's roxanne because my mom's other cat is cyrano oh of course she is yes so she has cyrano de pergerac and he yes he's he's honestly the angriest cat i've ever met he is so cranky right he loves my mom he loves my mom but hates everybody else yeah but black and white and except for his his face is white except for his nose and so his nose looks like it's bigger than it's supposed to be. Yeah. So he's Cyrano. And so then we have the dear, darling lady, lovely lady Roxanne. 
that I also call Gutter Kitty. I love it. Uh, All right, Kim. So we've got to this point of the show where we have a silly question for you. Oh, good. Okay, I'm ready. All right. You can answer this as serious or as silly as you see fit. All right. Okay. If you were a popular brand, what would your motto be? I need context. Wait, my brain doesn't understand this. A, a, an existing brand already? No, okay. It's just say if you uh, if you were a brand of something. Like, like, you. like, like what? Like, am I Nike and my brand would be just do it or? Something or, along those lines, or yeah. Or what would Kim's brand? What, what would Kim's, Kim's what would brand's Kim's motto brand be? Oh, okay, okay, okay. And what would her motto be? So the first seven options have all been negated because I'm not supposed to say the F word. (laughs) I don't don't know. There's not. You can totally say fart. It's okay. The WW, what would, no, that WTF, WTF, in a good way. There we go. That's my brand name, WTF, but in a good way. I love it. Okay. That's my brand. <clears throat> Ta-da! I love it. WTF, but in a good way. Yeah, the disclaimer definitely. Mm-hmm. I, get I it. like the disclaimer. <laughs> good job. Oh, Kim, thank you so much for being on our show with us today. Thank you for having me. This was lovely. This was wonderful. Thank you. Where where can our viewers and our listeners go to find out more about you and what you've got coming up? Um, I am going to be, I've been starting to do a lot of conventions. I love conventions because I get to, I get to look in your eyes. I get to give you a mom hug. I get to, you know, spend time with the people that I honestly work for. So, uh, my socials are, um, TikTok is Kim Rhodes. Whoa, it's making noise. Who am I? Kim Rhodes. The number four and then R-E-A-L, Kim Rhodes. Without a blue check somehow. Um, I don't have a blue check on TikTok. They won't, they they don't like they don't like me very much there. That's ridiculous. Um, and you'll know it's me because there's a lot of pictures of goats. And then Instagram is Kim Rhodes for Reels. I think there's an S at the end of that. Kim Rhodes, nope, for real. The number four and real. And it's always my headshot. And currently there's a picture of me and Carrie always as my first shot because I paid to have a selfie with him at the last convention I was at because I love him. And Fair enough. Facebook is also Kim Rhodes for real. And it does have a blue check mark. There we go. Yes, All right. We will. We will definitely link all of your socials and we are also going to link the save the animals today because guys, do it. Save them. They need you. Little piggies. Every single animal at this place would be dead if it weren't there. And also, I mean, the people we have a lot of people that come and do community service there or come from uh disabled communities and can contribute to their own experiences. And it's just, it's it's not just animals we're helping. We've got retired vets that don't get to go out and they come out and they feed and pet a horse and they feel like they're doing, they're doing that's okay cool. again. So uh, that's cool. So guys, if you don't think that you want to donate to help save the animals today, watch some of the videos on Kim's TikTok. Look, look at the little kittens faces. Look at the goats. Try to tell them no.
not going to work. Yeah. Probably not, no. But that last batch of kittens you were showing giving bads, they were sassy. They're so good. They're so good. <laughs> you could tell that they wanted to speak with the manager, but... They, they did. Were... They had notes. They had notes, and they were not going to give me a good Yelp review, but... No. There's always that. Yeah. How dare you insult their ancestors that way? All right, guys, want to take this opportunity to remind you that subscribing is the single most important thing you can do to ensure that we get more amazing guests like Kim Rhodes here today and have these fun moments for you to be able to listen to. So please subscribe. It helps out well more than we can describe. And please go check out Save the Animals today and what they're doing over there. Please donate and help them out and check out Kim's work. And you'll get an opportunity to see her down at Florida Supercon, June 30th through July 2nd. So go see her down there if you're in the Florida area or if you're planning on making your way down to the Florida area during that time. It'd be a cool opportunity to meet her in person. But however, if you aren't happy with the content of our show today, Please feel free to lodge a complaint with the head of our complaint department. That, of course, is Carrie Martin, the mom of Zach and Cody. Look, no one knows how to dole out punishment to the deserving like an annoyed mother. So submit your single copy of the complaint because she just doesn't have time for your nonsense. And be sure that when she is done being the only one to clean up around here, the offenders will be dealt with. But be careful. Because not all moms like tattletales. And like my brother once told me, snitches get stitches. I'm not sure what that means, but maybe we can find out together. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kim. This has been great. Thank you, Kim. All right, guys. On behalf of the FSF podcast, that's going to be it for us today. Goodbye. Copyright 2023 FSF podcast. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned on this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by FSF Podcast. The views expressed by the guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. If you have any questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at info at fsfpodcast.com. Original music by Jordan Michaels.